Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sano, joined, as always, by the jewels to my Vincent. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how are you doing? I just thought it was a, a cold thing to say to a man before I capped him, but you know, I got yeah. thinking about it. And our very own uh, Wolf. That's right. It's Eric Ronnebeck. Eric, how are you doing? Ooh, the quote I want to say for the Wolf, I can't say because we are a family podcast, but the minute yeah. we stop recording, you got it. Eric, yeah, that's well, all you had to say. Yeah, it's all you had to say is that, that just remember he wrote that line for himself that's all you really need to know about quentin tarantino is that he wrote that line so that he would say it he knew because he sucks he sucks uh and just like he writes in foot scenes into all of his movies uh anyway whatever we'll get to that later so the it's it's kind of a short amount of time between this episode and the last episode so we dug deep into the discord mailbag oh yeah that's right i went on discord and asked thanks to gustin flock joel nash astro everyone who asked a question uh so i i sorted the questions into two categories uh, seahawks related and not seahawks related so maybe we'll get to the not seahawks related um ones later we'll see uh first seahawks related question is for you eric why is russ so damn thirsty <laughs> why of all why? the questions of all the questions i'm not even sure he's thirsty i don't know because when oh, he's, he is thirsty that's what i like, keep saying uh because sierra said he is that's that's how i feel I mean, about russ right now because Sierra's, nanobubbles are not hydrating i was gonna say the see- vitamin water is not working that's why have you seen sierra though like wouldn't you want to like brag to everyone yes, i don't know anyway very beautiful uh all right uh there's an actual football related one for kevin will the lackluster jet sweep which has not worked since the super bowl feature in this new offense all right so i did a little bit of digging in 2020 robert woods 25 attempts for 152 yards cooper cup who relearned how to run four attempts for 33 yards josh reynolds who exists as a human one attempt for five yards yeah. um so yeah, yeah. it's gonna happen in the Rams offense, they de- they definitely pick one guy to run that jet action all the time. So yep. what I'm more interested in is who is that guy going to be? And why is, is the, it Freddie Swain? Is the jet action guy going to be Eskridge? Is it going to be Lockett? Is it going to be Metcalf? I doubt it, but it could be. It's possible. So who is the jet action guy going to be on this team uh, that, that runs that play? I think it's going to uh, be Eskridge. Um, but we'll see. Like, I, it's it's really interesting. The one thing I will say is, I know it hasn't been Seahawks fans' favorite, but the fact that they do that kind of jet sweep motion, pre-snap motion, constantly in a lot of different looks and situations makes it much more effective than when they do it versus when we do the exact same motion every single play, and then it becomes really obvious when it's actually going to be a jet sweep. It's kind of like how we had trouble with them knowing we were going to pass or run when Tom Cable had our offensive line keying with their footwork on whether it was a pass or a run. Okay, and like how Russell Wilson needs to sometimes keep it to make the yes. to make the the uh, read option actually a thing. Otherwise, it's just a handoff. Yep. <laughs> like it doesn't matter. Okay, uh, this one's for me. Will someone be able to destroy, destroy screens now that KJ is gone? I think you should watch Sam Gold's video uh, about the future at linebacker, which is. 100% Jordan Brooks. And I do think that Jordan Brooks will do a great job replacing uh, KJ. Will he be as good as KJ was last year? Probably not. KJ had maybe his best season in the uniform last year. He was extremely good. But uh, I'm. Brooks had 23 okay. stops on 402 snaps last season. I agree. Yes, he's good. Uh, all right. Uh, this one's for you, Eric. Why does Pete keep saying that we need to get better on third down so instead glad. of focusing on getting things done on first and second down? So glad I got this. Uh, you know, why is the sky blue? 
Why? Why? Is Eric, you can't win a game on first down. Yeah. Why? Yeah, it's like, it's because Pete Carroll would rather suck for two downs, and then that way he can have a mantra. You know, because like, Pete likes to pivot with his answers because he wants to take attention away from something else, and he puts an <laughs> overemphasis on things that don't need to be emphasized so much. He, he's he's a sportsman. He wants to spot them two downs. A so better, that- <laughs> a better, <laughs> a better answer. Hey, this year, that's when he'll do it. This year, this year's the All year, right. guys. Okay, Kevin, you're going to start, and then Eric, you follow up. Would you rather have Sherman on a cheap deal or give up a fair pick for Stefan Gilmore, which probably is like a second rounder at this point? So, would you rather give up a second rounder for Gilmore or a, uh, a Sherm for cheap? Kevin, give me Dick Sherm. I'm taking Richard Sherman back, and I'm taking him back because a he's cheaper, and because uh, Gilmore is going to come with a extension. Um, the other thing is he already knows the system and he's a better system fit. I think Gilmore works a lot better in more of a um, man oriented system. Uh, the last thing is I think we need to keep overhauling and getting our defense younger and Sherman isn't going to occupy that roster spot as long. So where it's going to be easier to bring in the youth movement. All right, Eric, what do you think? That's literally every single point. Like, <laughs> I, I totally stole, agree. I, I thoughts. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I think I would rather have Sherman, I guess, but it doesn't really matter. I would go for either at this point. I do think adding depth to cornerback would be something that would kind of solidify the Seahawks right now. Uh, does Stone Forsyth have the potential to grab one of the tackle roles in the next two seasons? That's me. I think that he's got to be the long-term succession plan at, at right tackle right now after Shell's gone. So, yeah, he, that's the goal. Does he can he actually do it? I don't know. 50-50, flip a coin. Like I'm, I'm not. Are you willing? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> great. Fifty-fifty. I I just think Stone Forsyth seemed seemed like someone who should be a mid-round draft pick. He went really late. I'm not sure why. And that that's the thing is, a lot of times, not a lot of guys in the sixth and seventh round pan out. So you know they get passed. They got passed on a lot for a reason. And I've watched a tape. I don't. I haven't totally figured out what the reason is. He's just not a killer. And I think maybe that that matters a lot at the NFL level, or at least. It, teams think it does all right uh eric what will our backfield look like in week one uh <laughs> no Rashad penny uh chris carson uh being the being the the not the sole breadwinner but the main breadwinner and then geez i don't know um i really haven't thought that far of who's gonna who's gonna be backup not travis homer how's that uh, okay, uh, Kevin, will Lewis struggle moving to the other side of the line? You know, they say that moving from one side to the other is actually a bigger deal than it seems because you're kind of mirroring your handwork and your footwork. Um, but something that gives me so and he played right guard at LSU and right guard as a rookie. So that doesn't give me a little bit of a pause, except as Nathan likes to point out, he got bumped to center against Arizona last year and played exactly to the level that he's been playing all season. So that gives me a lot of reason for hope. So I'm going to say no. I don't think he's going to struggle. I think it might take a little bit of an adjustment, especially in the preseason. But I think he's going to be able to handle it. Okay. Now, now we get into a couple of questions. I felt like might have a we might be able to talk about a little more. Who will be the most surprising cut this preseason? So what Seahawk will be the most surprising cut? Uh, Kevin, you want to go first? You ready for sure. this one? All right, go for it. Uh, is Al Woods surprising? Yes, that would be surprising, I think. I, I'm going to say Al Woods. I think that we have enough uh, youngins on the roster to push him at D-line, and I think that we're thin for spots. So even though he's a veteran name, I think that he's going to be uh, get the Antoine Winfield treatment this year. Eric, you got someone? 
Uh, I think Alwoods is a safe one. Uh, I think one that could come as a as a shock. Uh, not really a shock when you think about, it, but shocking. Russell Wilson, Cap- <laughs> Rashad Penny, uh, Rashad Penny, Rashad Penny okay. counts. I think uh, three point one against the cap and two point one in dead money or something like that. Uh, that could very well happen. Uh, I think there's a perception that cornerback is not very good, and uh, the guy with the most experience, Trey Flowers, getting cut, I think would probably be a little surprising. So mm, I'm that was my second Flowers. one, good, Trey good Flowers. <laughs> Um, the other, the other guy actually, I would go with a different first round pick, Eric, is my second choice might be LJ Collier. Uh, but okay. I don't think they're, I don't think they're going to walk away from any first round pick before the rookie contract ends. I don't think they would ever do it. Who's the worst player that's definitely making the team? <sighs> what a, Geno what a Smith. Geno. Oh, not shots fired. Fired. That's he, not he, even he a has a skill. It's not even a question for me, to be honest with you. Like if Geno Smith was our starting quarterback, we would win like six games. So yeah, it's Geno Smith. Like a hundred, a thousand percent, it's Geno Smith. I don't even. This is not even a, a real question for me. He's definitely making the team because we always carry a backup quarterback on the main roster, and he's not good. You don't think we're gonna <laughs> enter the Danny Etling era? If we are, then the worst player that will definitely make the team is Danny, Danny Etling. <laughs> but Alex but no, Magoo too. I I think we are keeping Geno Geno Smith. Also, did you know Danny Etling played some wide receiver too? So maybe yes. we keep. I think he. If we keep him, he's going to show up on special teams or something. Maybe that actually might not make him the worst. Anyway, yeah, it's Geno <laughs> Smith for me. Is, anybody want to pick someone uh, different, Kevin? Uh, I had a cheaty answer. I was going to say whoever ends up being our fourth tight end or fourth running back. Okay, so like Travis Homer or uh, yeah, except I don't feel like Travis Homer's a lock, so that's what makes it a cheat answer. Yes. So I think Geno Smith is a really good answer and kind of the only really obvious one. So. Yes. Uh, what about okay? So someone who's who's definitely making the roster, but has like not shown anything. It's like you go like Ben Burkirvan. Uh What has Ben Burkirvan done that really? But he's definitely he's making the team. Teams. He's had yeah, some okay. great huh. preseason plays, man. Whoops. Demari- Demarius Randall's probably gonna like has a really clear path to a roster spot, and he kind of stinks. Okay. Anyway, uh, then the last one was Seahawks related. Which Seahawks players? best embodying it was like a big list of people uh but what was funny about this list was it start dominic toretto i just want to read the, actually the question we don't have to answer this <laughs> dominic toretto brian o'connor luke hobbs roman pierce right so you're picking that up eric well those are all the characters for fast first and yes. officer matthew cordell yeah that was perfect <laughs> uh i actually wrote out my answers to this so i would gladly okay. answer it right now go ahead go ahead uh, for dom i put bobby because he's all about keeping the family together Okay. Uh, Brian is Russ because he's a former goody two shoes who mm-hmm. seems awkwardly cheese ballish when he's trying to be a badass. He's a buster for sure. 100%. Uh, fact. Um, Hobbs is Jamal Adams because he's like the new big guy on the block. No, on the defense. No. Sorry, I got to push back on that. Hobbs is Chris Carson because of how ripped he is. <laughs> like, oh, dude, I don't know. Maybe you do... Okay, fine. Then we go to DK because he's tall and D- ripped. DK is ripped too. Yeah, DK is a great choice because like the thing about the rock in the fast movies is he is doing the most HGH. Like Back. 100. So anyway, yeah. Okay, right. so. Uh, Roman Pierce, uh, if he was still on the roster, I would go with our offensive line and comedian extraordinaire. But since he's on the roster, I'll go with the other guy from the skit, Tyler Lockett. Okay. For the for the CR shower skit. And then uh, Officer Matthew Cordell. Uh, what's he best known for? Being unstoppable. Can't kill him. Richard Sherman coming back from the dead. All right. Um so then let's get into the, the non-football questions. We'll just hit these really fast, and then we'll get into the AFC West uh, preview. So uh, first, uh, will you be going to theater to see Black Widow? Yeah, I might uh, definitely want to. 
You you are. I'm not because my sister told me she's buying it on Disney and I don't have to pay any money for it. And I like <laughs> things. I like things that are free. So so I will be watching it at home. I'd but, really uh, like to, but yeah. I, I don't know if I'll get there. Yeah, I'm I'm I think if I'm going to see fast in the theater, though, so uh, that'll be soon. And then um, will the fast speaking of fast, will the Fast and the Furious franchise ever go back to its roots with less worldwide espionage and more hijacking DVD players? And I just want to say, like, the Fast and the Furious has become like a stand in parody series. It's a for superhero all movie. Of, all kinds of action movies at this point. It's not like uh, it's not even a it's not. It's it's its own thing now, where it's like a it's almost a parody of the genre. Can I just say something? Uh, it's not really best. spoilers, but I like how uh, Fast Nine has officially established that um, if you cushion someone falling on a car instead of concrete, somehow that's not as bad. And then um, I'll put that out there. Flocktimus asked, "How is Babby formed?" And I asked, I I would just answer that with another question: Can you burn a Luigi board? And then the last one <laughs> is. Um, this one you have to think one movie and one meal you have to watch and eat every day for the rest of your lives. What do you pick? So if it was me, the movie I would pick is Academy Award winning short film uh, Guacamole, uh, Making Guacamole. I don't remember what it's called. It's only like a minute and 40 seconds long. That's a movie I'd pick because I do not want to watch uh, anything of any length. If you forced me to pick a feature life film that was released in a lot of theaters, then I would, I guess I'd pick The Course Bride because it's the shortest movie I could find that was released in more than 3,000 theaters. <laughs> like, I literally don't want to spend what, a time watching a movie every single day for the rest of my life. That seems, to me personally, that is not what I want to do. So I, especially if it's the same movie. So I want to pick the shortest movie possible to free up time to do other stuff. Does that make sense? Um, so yeah, that's my answer for that. Uh, okay, so what about the you actual also? spirit of the question, I pick chicken and waffles <laughs> and hot fuzz for my movie. Oh, okay. Kevin doesn't want to live very long. That's what it is. He's, <laughs> He's trying to die from the chicken. And uh, hey, man, I, and and sitting on my butt watching a movie every single day. Like you nailed it. Well, you Go know, on I, top. I do love the Dark Knight, and I figure if I had to eat the same thing every day and watch the same movie every day, I'd go crazy. So, what better way than to just quote Batman and my Batman voice and uh, eating probably fried eggs because I could eat a fried egg every single day, and then I'd be like, fried egg. It just you know go crazy. It'd be great. I'm really disappointed. Yeah. I thought when you said that you were going to say it like Batman did, that you were going, implying that you would have a psychotropic hallucinogen every day. <laughs> oh, and if, a panic-inducing egg. The, the meal I want to eat every day for the rest of my life is dessert. And then... <laughs> do you like how I cheated on both parts? Yeah, of the that, was, that was the worst. Uh, <laughs> that was worse if, than my cheaty burst okay, on the roster. Right? Then ice cream. I would eat ice cream. I love ice cream. I could eat ice cream every day for the rest Joke's of my life. Jokes on no you. Problem. It's Neapolitan. <laughs> that's three flavors of ice cream yeah no, but you got to slice it so you get all three flavors anyway uh, <laughs> um let's get into it afc west the afc west was uh was a division last year that existed in the game of, of football but let's start off with the good old denver broncos denver broncos went five and eleven they're bringing in teddy bridgewater ronald darby bobby massey and cameron fleming they're losing elijah wilkerson that's it they didn't lose anybody uh they drafted patrick Sertain, javante williams and quinn maneers seahawks connection of course seahawks uh, legend pita tamo tamo penu was uh of course uh on the he's going to get cut at the end of the preseason by the broncos so uh, eric start us off Oh, Broncos, the, the, 5 and 11. What do you think? The Denver Broncos. So my favorite thing about the Denver Broncos last year is how I had all this faith that Drew Locke was going to take a step forward and come out as a decent or even somewhat plus quarterback. And man, oh man, was I completely wrong. 
So looking at this outlook for the Denver Broncos, how are they going to get better? How are they going to have more than five wins? Well, I think the easy answer there is they added a game to the schedule. I think that's their best chance to get to six wins. Drew Locke is on this team. That's their number one quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater is probably going to take over. I think that probably is worth a plus win. They don't have Philip Lindsay anymore, who last year seemed to be like on his way out after some injuries, but I don't really know if they got better at any position. Maybe their defense. I think John Elway does not know how to run this team. I have this team at 6 and 11. All right. Uh, Kevin, what do you think? Uh, I think this is an interesting team. I like a lot of the things that are being done here. Um, so Ronald Darby and Kyle Fuller coming in along with drafting Patrick Sertan um, makes a really good secondary. This is shaping up to be the exact kind of defense that you know their staff wants. Uh, this is a Vic Fangio team. Um, he's got players that he likes. He's got he's kind of filling those gaps. I think Javante Williams coming in makes for an upgrade at running back. The only problem is in the NFL, if you don't have a quarterback, you can't win. And Teddy Two Gloves had his chance last season um, when he was he was the guy in Carolina. He had every chance with a pretty solid offense in order to do something, and he didn't. And so they're relying on either Drew Locke taking a step forward, which that hasn't happened, or Teddy Bridgewater showing something he hasn't shown outside of a very contained and specific situation with the Saints. So I also have them going 6-11. and 11. They're a quarterback away, but I don't feel like they did anything to get a quarterback. All right. Um, so let me just talk about the roster. I think, like, bringing in Bobby Massey and Cameron Fleming, who are two, like, uh, average to above average guys to try to fill up the hole at right tackle is is a pretty – yeah. Uh, like smart move and then getting Quinn Meniers lay as like a developmental guard to challenge your honestly kind of good guards that they already have. Javante Williams is a, is a great way to push Melvin Gordon to try to get, uh, to get more out of the running back position. I love the weapons on this team, Sutton, Judy Hamler. Like this is a team that has great weapons on offense. Amara Darbo. There he is. That's not a, that's not a joke. He is on this team. Uh, the defense is awesome. I like Von how he Miller. wasn't your Seahawks connection, though. I Because I had this. I had it in my back pocket. Uh, Von, <laughs> Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. Okay, then the secondary is so good. Uh, Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson is the best safety pairing in the league, I think. It's a very, very strong safety pairing. I agree generally with like the idea that the quarterback play is going to matter a lot, and that's why I have this season playing out for the Broncos in kind of a – a pretty specific way. Uh, they start off hot because they go Giants, Jaguars, Jets. And those are three pretty easy games for a team that is uh, anywhere above decent, right? So they start 3-0. and Then they lose five straight because they go Ravens. Or no, they lose, they lose four of the next five. Ravens, Raiders, or Steelers, Raiders, Browns, football team. I think Ravens, Browns, and football team with Drew Locke at quarterback will be a disaster. They play a Cowboys the next week too, which which is another tough one on the road. They're going to lose like five of those six games. They bench Drew Locke finally, and then Teddy Bridgewater comes in. And I actually think Teddy Bridgewater was fine last year. He, Their offense moved the ball. They just couldn't stop anyone when they really needed to. And so if, like if Carolina kept Teddy Bridgewater instead of getting Sam Darnold, I might have a little more faith in them as, as well. So, I have them ripping off a bunch of wins at the end of the season and getting to 10 and seven and making the playoffs. Oh. So, so uh, yeah, I don't I'm, see how their offense can do any of this. 
They're, they've got a uh, lot of talent at, at the skill positions. I and their I offensive line, that. their offensive line is kind of good too. Are they just going to do so, a bunch of pick sixes? It's possible. The, the the answer to this question is: How good can a team be without a quarterback? And for Nathan, that's better than I thought. Ted Bridge. I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is that bad, to be honest with you. I just, I thought he was pretty decent last year. Robbie Anderson had a really great season last year. Like he he did fine. He just isn't the. He's not the best. You know, he's not the worst. He's okay. And I don't think they need him to be great because the defense is great and the skill position players are great and the offensive line is good. It's just a, it's a really solid roster top to bottom. I just like it a lot. So anyway, that's that's my opinion of the Denver Broncos. I, I, I you know, I like to take a stand on a couple teams every year. All right, let's go. I'll also say I'm salty because I picked him to go nine and seven last year and they sucked. Yes. I, I thought they'd be too, Kevin, last year. <laughs> Me too. But, but I mean, losing losing your best defensive player to injury for the whole season is makes a big difference, right? Like if Bobby Wagner got hurt in the preseason and didn't That'd play a, a single game, it would be a problem for the Seahawks defense. They lost Von Miller, and Von Miller is just as important to them as, as Bobby is to us. Okay, next up, Kansas City Chiefs. Last year they went 14-2. and two. They added Joe Thune, Kyle Long, Austin Blythe, Lorando Brown, Jer- Brown, Jaron Reed. They dropped Sammy Watkins, Austin Reader, Brashad Breeland, Le'Veon Bell, drafting Creed Humphrey, Nick Bolton, and Josh Kando. Seahawks connection, uh, they have Frank Clark, but uh, you might say, oh, that, that's too easy. That's too easy. So they also have Anthony Gordon, uh, who we cut last year, as uh, one of their competing for their backup quarterback job with Chad Henney. All right. Kansas City Chiefs, Kevin, start us off. All right. Kansas City Chiefs. Um, so bringing in Orlando Brown, long term, I don't like the move. Short term, I think that they upgraded their offensive line. Like I, I do feel like there's a little bit of a panic move where they were going. It all fell apart in the playoffs last season, so we need to throw a lot of resources at it. They threw a ton at Orlando Brown to play a pretty average offensive tackle. They threw a ton of money at Joe Thune. Um, They brought in Austin Blythe to compete with Creed Humphrey for center, which does bring up the floor there. Uh, they have the doctor coming back to compete with Kyle Long, who's already injured because that's how that works. Don't and, you feel like a lot of like offensive line pieces kind of fell into their lap too, like with Long and and Blythe? And, well, and Trey Smith with his uh, illness making him last until the, the sixth round. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of interesting things the, like the, that. The, 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 I feel like yeah. Okay. Anyway, I saw you think you think along those lines. Yeah. the The thing that worries me the most is they lost Sammy Watkins, who was a questionably capable third weapon in the passing attack, and they replaced him with. Nothing. Cornell, Cornell Powell in the fifth round. Um, maybe like it's so this team is going to be led around by their offense. Uh, they have like the bring in Jaron Reed's nice and everything, but their defense. And I actually think Nick Bolton was a really good pickup for them. Um, he's kind of one of those tackling machine linebackers, which they desperately needed. Uh, I think Legereus Sneed was a really good pickup last season, but I think they're going to be like an okay defense and they need to be a really good offense to be the juggernaut they've been. And far be it from me to ever doubt an Andy Reid offense. But I really feel like they needed another weapon. So unless Clyde Edwards-Hilaire can take a really big step forward in his production in the passing game, I think it's going to be a worry. They're going to be a regular season juggernaut that might run out of steam in the postseason. So I... I um, I'm going 13-4. and four. Oh, yeah, sorry. 34 you have to this is funny because i actually think the words i'm going to say are more positive than you but the the record is going to be worse uh the so the these cornerbacks you can torch them like these are these are cornerbacks you can work uh these the offense i think is fine because it doesn't matter who they add tyree kill and tavis kelsey both get all the targets 
It doesn't seem to matter what else they do. So I'm not really worried about like, oh, like the secondary option is Mikko Hardman. And it's and then, of course, all these stories are coming out like Mikko Hardman is doing so great. It's like, I don't care. I'm not going to listen to that. It doesn't matter. The the only two guys who get targets in this offense, they could bring in. They could have brought in Julio Jones. And the only two guys in this offense that are going to get targets are Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. It's just the way this offense works. And so the offense will work. The offense will be fine. The defense is uh is, is the same as it was last year it's good but you can kind of you can kind of pass on them a little bit uh i like them i like this team it's a really good team it's it's they have patrick mahomes it's the chiefs guys come on let's not let's not overthink it i have the chiefs at 11 and 6 Ooh. i mean they're <laughs> I good i thought you were gonna be nicer and, and go the exact i don't have record. i don't have any teams in the afc better than 12 and 5 i'm just gonna say that so go ahead go ahead eric uh, I, I think this Chiefs team is the team to beat in the AFC. I think that they've made some some fine offensive line moves, and that is really all they need. I think the concerns here are few. The The biggest being what Kevin said. This team looks like they could just run out of steam in the playoffs. I mean, let's face it, we're, they're playing another game. Uh, you could say, well, they cut two games from the preseason, but... The starters don't play in the preseason anyway. People don't try as hard in the preseason unless they're trying to make the team. I had this team at 13 wins and, of course, four losses. The next team is the Las Vegas Raiders. They went 8-8 last year. What can John Brown do for you was added to the squad. Okay, I'm going to stop doing that. Yannick Ngakwe, <laughs> Kenyon Drake, Casey Hayward. Those are the players they added. They dropped Nelson Aguilar, Takarist McKinley, Eric Harris, Raekwon Miller. Okay, I'm going to just say something about the Raiders. Is I, I had like nine names on the add and drop list for last year on each side. And then this year I had nine names and had to trim it down. This team turns over a lot of players every year. Uh, make up your mind, <laughs> Roster John. turnover, Mike. Uh, they drafted Alex Leatherwood, Travis Mowering, and Divine Diablo. Uh, they Seahawks connection. They also brought in Quentin Jefferson this offseason. I get to go first for the Raiders, and I'm just going to say that I don't see any reason to be overly optimistic about the direction of the Raiders. They got rid of their two best offensive linemen for no reason. Rodney Hudson and Gabe uh, Jackson, they're just like, yeah, you can go. We're good. We don't need you anymore. And I, I really think that, like, one – Offensive line play is more closely linked to center play than people think. Center play matters a lot. Uh, and t- two, they, the offensive line affects running game more than passing game, and this team likes to run. Uh, Rodney Hudson was an excellent pass and run blocker, and they're just going to – now they're going to just roll Josh Jacobs out there and try to give him the ball like 200 times plus times again, and it's going to suck. They have no wide receivers unless Henry Ruggs makes the leap. This defense is questionable to say the least. I do not like the Raiders at all. I think this is the, the thing that might hold the Raiders <laughs> together is Derek Carr is better than people give him credit for. He's the reason they were eight and eight last year was that he was better than, than I or anyone else gave him credit for. Uh, but I just hate this team. I five and 12. I went five and 12 for the Raiders. Eric, what do you think? Uh, I have the Raiders. I, I'm kind of going to do what you do with the chiefs. I like the Raiders because they're perpetually a young team trying to get better with a crazy head coach. I love John Gruden. He's so entertaining. But yeah, Derek Carr, maybe he's better than people give him credit for. But I think that is a player with not a lot of confidence. He doesn't have a lot of quit in him, that that, that great saying. But he is a guy who, when the going gets tough, he seems to be a little down on himself. 
He seems to struggle. He doesn't push it into another gear. Uh, I like that they brought in Kenyon Drake to take a little off of Jacobs, but at the same time, it's it's not really going to matter there. Like you said, they don't have a lot of receivers. Uh, Nelson Aguilar wasn't a great receiver to lose anyway, but not re- really replacing him with much is a bad call. Uh, Yannick, you don't, you're not a big you're not a big Smoke fan? No, no. John, and, John Brown? And Ruggs fan. Josh, John Brown will be fine. He may be the best receiver in that group. Bringing uh, John out, Brown in outside is like, of Walker, of course, on a, onto a team that has Zay Jones, Henry Ruggs, and Brian Edwards already is like so redundant. Like, hope that one of your young guys makes the leap. Why bring it? It's just also Brown isn't the type of player that's going to mold either br- younger guys into better players. They're bringing an they actually really good wide receiver, or like just ignore it and hope one of those guys makes the jump. Right? Yeah, they like, lost yeah. Nelson Aguilar and replaced him with Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, and I'll just say this: <laughs> Ju- judging judging from like my research this offseason into will Julio Jones be good and less than a wide, unless a wide receiver is elite 31 is the age where they start to drop off. So don't be surprised. John Brown is 31 this year. And so that would not surprise me if he just kind of fell off the face of the earth. I really uh, like uh Yannick Ngakwe. I like that addition, but I still have this team at seven and 10. All right. Nice. All right. Kevin, what do you think? Uh, I really am not a fan of what they did with the offensive line. Colton Miller's taking a step forward. That marks one offensive lineman since John Gruden got there that has taken a step forward and several that took a step backwards. Um, They got rid of reliable uh, veteran offensive linemen in the form of Rodney Hudson, Gabe Jackson, and getting rid of Trent Brown. They really placed Trent Brown with someone Trent Brown sized in Alex Leatherwood on what was again a baffling reach in the first round. Like they did this with Cleveland Farrell too. They've done it with a few guys now where it's like, oh cool. Like yeah, just definitely can go ahead and pick somebody there for no reason. That's John awesome. Gruden only watches the national championship game. I don't know how people haven't figured this out yet. He always drafts players from Clemson and Alabama. He only watches the national championship. That's it. He does not watch Maybe that's any why other, I like him so much. He doesn't watch any other football games. He's like I only watch the playoff. That's all that matters. They're all the real football gets played. Are you in the saying playoff. that I could be like his head scouting director? Because that's exactly what I Pro- want to call Probably him. because it seems like he picks the players at random other than the fact that he reaches for players that played in the playoff every year. Anyway, go ahead. So Kevin. under Tom Cable's expert tutelage, they're relying <laughs> on Alex Leatherwood, the rookie, who was like solid in college. Uh, Denzel Good, former backup interior offensive lineman with uh, Indy. Nick Martin coming over from Houston or Andre James and the corpse of Richie Incognito, um, who admittedly was good, but again, is like 400 years old. And he played like 50 plays last year. Right. Don't forget that. Like Those players need to hold down the other four positions on the line from Colton Miller. It's a, it's a problem. This this team has problems on offense. It, yeah, and then like you said, John Brown might be their best receiver, and they signed him so that their number one receiver that they picked – in the the first receiver off the board in the 2020 draft, Henry Ruggs has a guy who has the exact same skill set, and their offense did nothing to scheme Henry Ruggs last season. So yeah, they, they even admit him; they basically just used him as a decoy. Right? Like, wow, you spent the 12th pick in the first round on a decoy. Like, so I, like I think Derek Carr is an above average quarterback, but I just like like I was I was probably on the table for Derek Carr as much as anybody before last season. And I just don't think that there's enough talent on this team for him to really be able to elevate it. And I have a lot of questions on defense too. Like there's just uh, like, okay, so they're quarterbacks. Uh, Damon Arnett, 
is extremely questionable. Amik Robertson was probably their best 2020 defensive back pick. Trayvon Mullen is all right. Casey Hayward is uh, was hurt and might be toast. Like he's at the age where that's entirely possible, and I don't think they have much of an insurance plan on that. Like Rasul Douglas is not going to be like balling out this season. So there's a lot of questions on defense. They can be passed on big time, and I don't think that they have an explosive enough offense to make the difference. So I have them going five and twelve. All right. Uh, last up, Chargers. Last year they went seven and nine. They added Corey Lindsley, Jared Cook, Matt Filer, Odeabushi. They lost Hunter Henry, Tarada Taylor, Denzel Perryman, Rashawn, Rashawn Jenkins. They drafted Rashawn Slater, Asante Samuel Jr., Josh Palmer, Seahawks connection, linebackers coach. Michael Wilhoyt played one year for the Seattle Seahawks at linebacker. All right. So the uh, I'm going to go, go first for the, the Chargers. I like this team. I like what they've done. Uh, the problem is that if p- people start going down for this team, it will get ugly fast, just like it did last year when Joey Bosa got hurt and Derwin James got hurt. And um, they have a lot of guys who are really good but can't stay healthy. Um, I'm just I just worry that this team is cursed. From because they move from San Diego to LA or something like there's some kind of like voodoo thing going on like they they're just in the hole from that I, I'm that's that's a joke but seriously Brandon Staley coming in should revitalize this team it's a strong roster I like I like a lot of the players on their team I've named a lot of them Linval Joseph playing next to Joey Bosa seems awful for opposing offensive lines to deal with so <laughs> just gonna just gonna put that one right out there um, yeah I like them a lot I just look at their schedule and I have a hard time finding enough wins to get them to the playoffs. It's they have a, they have a pretty medium schedule. Their pickup games against football team, which is a team that I really like uh, in the, in the NFC. Uh, wait, no, that's not their pickup game. Their pickup game. Oh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, they, they, they just, I, I have them at nine and eight. I don't I have them moving forward, but not a lot. And, it's a team on the rise. This is a team I could easily see winning 11 games, making the playoff run and, and being really good. But I just have them at nine right now, making a small step forward. Um, maybe it's just Herbert not playing quite as good as he did last year, right? Uh, or just staying kind of the same and not progressing. Eric, what do you think about the Chargers, the Bolts? <laughs> I I think everything they you have said cool is right. uniforms. Uh, yeah, they... They, you know, I've always liked any of their uniforms. I think they're always pretty good. Uh, and I'm the uniform guy. I really like where this team's going in its future, not in its 2021 future present. But I like what they're doing in their secondary. I like what they're doing in their pass rush. I think that this team is very thin. The loss of Hunter Henry is okay because Hunter Henry was not really healthy. But I don't really think Jared Cook is the guy that you want, you know, as your starting tight end. I don't know if. It's going to help, you know, either the Chargers offense or even Jared Cook take a jump. Uh, I have this team also at nine and eight, but they could get really hurt uh, record wise if Austin Eckler gets hurt. If uh, anyone on their offensive line goes down, it could it could be a little a little off for them. Yeah, their their starting offensive line really solid. I think like they go Slater, Pipkins, Lindsey, Filer, Bulaga. That's a good starting offensive line. Then you have to play Ode Abushi if someone gets hurt, and you yeah. start to like it starts to slide. But they pretty, uh, pretty imagine bad. the skill players are half the skill players that the Denver Broncos have on this team. That's a team I'm excited about, and I think they'll get there in a couple of years. Yeah, their skill players are awesome. And I mean, 
now like every single guy on this team too is pretty young except for Keenan Allen and Brian Bulaga, right? They they are they're stacked up and they're not super old. And Bulaga's not the kind of skill set that's gonna not he's gonna age gracefully. You know, he gets he gets the job done with with technique more than just raw athleticism. So all right, Kevin, tell us about the char- I I think Kevin's gonna be really high on the Chargers, so I'm ready. Kevin, tell me why the Chargers are the best. So there's a lot of things I like about them. I think Brandon Staley is a really interesting pick as head coach. Um, I, you know, he's, I, I like that they pick kind of an up and coming guy. He picked Joe Lombardi as his offensive coordinator, which is really interesting to me. Um, because I know the last time Joe Lombardi was an offensive coordinator and that makes me think that he shouldn't be an offensive coordinator, but you know, he went back with a successful franchise and like, who knows people get second chances. I'm just saying I could see that not being the case in 2022. Yeah. And it's, and it's going to be a Joe Lombardi offense, right? Because people, I maybe mean, don't know. Brandon Staley's a defensive guy. Yep. He's he's a line, he was a linebackers coach and and so and he, he was yeah. the defensive coordinator for the Rams last year and was running the defense that everybody wants to run now, which is basically a Vic Fangio defense. So that's another Vic Fangio style defense in this division with a lot of talent, right? Like their defensive talent is really good. Um, I think they need Jerry Tillery to kind of take a half step forward, and if that can happen, then they've got like you said, Linval Joseph next to Joey Bosa. That sucks if you have to face that. No one wants to face that. Problematic because Joseph's going to take up two guys of space, right? Like there's yeah. just there's just no way he doesn't. And then and then now you got Bosa. You either got to chip him with a tight end or bring a running back over to help or something. Because you're not gonna you're not gonna go one on one with Joey Bosa for a whole game. That is suicide. Right. And then <laughs> Uchenna Nuosu and Kyler Fackrell are both pretty interesting kind of linebacker edge hybrid guys who can get to the quarterback quickly. And that's what Chris Rumpf wants to be. So it's an interesting place to bring him in and have him kind of uh, learn. But I could see him having um, – he could be like Martin was for us a few years ago when we desperately needed any kind of a pass rush, kind of a battery off the bench on obvious passing downs. And then their DBs, if Derwin James for the first time in his career can be healthy, I think they still have a really good group of DBs despite having to get rid of a few guys. I mean, Chris Harris is still really good. Asante Samuel Jr. I think could be one of the steals of the draft. And I think Nazir Adderley is, is most likely ready to step into a starting role. So they still have really good DBs, which again, in that Fangio style is something that you really want. And so we take a look at the offense. Best offensive line, though thin, like you guys already pointed out. Um, Mike Williams gets hurt a lot. Josh Palmer, though, can stretch the field. And Jalen Guyton kind of showed something last year, which is cool. Uh, Keenan Allen's Mr. Reliable. I think this could be a situation where they're probably a year removed. They need maybe another one or two offensive linemen that are at least capable. Um, or maybe like if Pipkins becomes your like do everything uh, six lineman and they get an upgrade at left guard, that could be a thing. I think they need somebody who's not 407 years old at tight end because Jared Cook is like, so would you be surprised they, if you're tired? They, they drafted Trey McKitty though. Like they have a, they have uh, a plan there to try to develop a guy. I scouted the, Trey McKitty. Um, yeah, he's, so, he's, he's not, not the answer, but I, I don't know why they picked him in the third round, especially, <laughs> I, I don't, it doesn't make total sense to me. It's a thing. They're going to try to develop him. It's fine. I think a healthy season out of Austin Eckler would be really good. And so I think what we're going to see is Justin Herbert, maybe his stats regress a little bit, but his play progresses. Because he had kind of a lot of unsustainable success on certain types of passing last year, like under pressure, for instance. Um, I could see the team as a whole perform better, but their record not necessarily show it a lot. So last season, they finished seven and nine. I have them finishing nine and eight this season. 
but I think they're going to look a lot better. I think exactly what you said, Nathan. I think they're on the rise. It's it's a team that really just needs another draft worth of depth and they another like solid offseason, like to turn over need, those back lines. They don't even need like the players they draft to be awesome. They just need like to get a draft worth of backups that that can come in because what's gonna happen is Joey Bose is gonna get hurt and then it's gonna be all up to Kyle Fack Kyler Flack Fackerel and that's the problem. Yeah. You know, so it's 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 like the the thing that happens with this team is just it just doesn't have quite a that if everyone stays healthy, if they have good injury luck, this is a this is a, a division winning squad. But it's then you're team. relying on the Chargers having good injury luck. So let's just take that one off the table. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> fair, fair enough. All right, we're this is it for the AFC. Uh, do, do you guys want to make a prediction though of who you think's going to, or who do you think should the favorite be to win the AFC, or who's your favorite, and then maybe one team you think is a playoff a playoff surprise, a team that you think uh, is going to do better than people think. I'll start us off. Okay, um, the the favorite should should be probably the Chiefs or the Ravens. I, I'm going to go with the Ravens. I actually think the Ravens should be the favorite. This team is is strong. It's deep. Lamar Jackson is somehow underrated again because people are slagging him off for having a slow start to last season. Uh, the defense is is really strong again. I I just really like the the way that Baltimore runs their team. I think they're they really good job. Uh, but the Chiefs is the perfect central choice. The team that I think is going to surprise everyone and be better than people think. Uh, I think everyone remembers I picked the Dolphins to win the AFC East, so it's got I got to pick the Dolphins here, right? Uh, the Dolphins seems really good, and I just see uh, Tua really making a, a step forward. You know, it's just going to be Tua fast, Tua furious. So there you go, Eric. What do you think? Did, did, your... did you write that one down, or <laughs> were you just practicing uh, cha- it in the mirror? I changed my fantasy team name. Yes, he did. In Dynasty, Tua fast, Tua <laughs> yes, furious. he did. And then, and then Flock did not like it. He did not like that, and I said. <laughs> Uh-oh, that's no. because that's because uh, him and Joel just love Twilight too much. Yeah. Uh, I I said earlier I think that the Chiefs are the the team to beat in the AFC. There's the only team that I can see getting close to them or getting around them would be the Tennessee Titans, and I don't know if that's really my surprise team, but if uh, you know what I'll I'll just kind of double down on that because it's I don't really want to go with a wild card team that people are going to be surprised by. I would not be. Surprised if the Tennessee Titans were the number one seed in the NFL. Not my pick, go. but that's my surprise. All right. Kevin, what do you think? Um, I think the team that is going to be the favorite just by nature of things is going to be uh, Kansas City. I just think that's kind of inevitable. Um, but the team that I think is going to be a surprise is the Cleveland Browns. I think that the Browns have a ton of talent all over the roster. I like their coaching staff. And the big thing for me is, they have some guys on their team that are entirely capable of taking over a playoff game. Like if Nick Chubb just runs through everybody, that wouldn't surprise you. If Odell Beckham's able to just turn it on, if his, if the chemistry ends up developing with uh, Baker Mayfield, I don't think that would surprise you. If Miles Garrett blows up for like three sacks in a playoff game, that's not going to surprise you. So they're the kind of team where they have the talent week in, week out to be a winning squad but they also have those kind of superstars where they can put together a big big time week all right uh let's go to the money zone there are many ways to support the seahawks nest podcast the best way to do so head over to patreon.com slash seahawks nest only 12s.com and punthub.us yep right those are are urls uh 
just go ahead and jo- join up. Uh, get your link to the Discord. Get a sticker. Also, now we have advertiser tiers. So if you are a person, uh, I prefer, you know, these were local things. You want to reach 2,500 Seahawks fans a week, go ahead and uh, buy one of our advertising tiers. Uh, during the months that you are Patreon, all four of the weeks, I will we'll work together to make a really fun uh, segment that will uh, promote your your product. And, uh, and if it's a food product, we will try it and I'll, talk about it. I'll, I'll eat nonstop. it nonstop. Yeah. I'll eat it a lot. Uh, all right. <laughs> Thanks to our Patreons, Andy, Brett, Greta. Oh, yeah. And so, wait, someone's, before I do this, someone said that they're like, can I buy the, all the advertiser tiers and just make segments making fun of someone in fantasy football? And I said, absolutely. So, if that's what you want to do, if you want to spend like $200 a month just making fun of someone, I'll make fun of someone for two minutes. I don't care. I'll roast them. I'll roast them harder than I roasted, uh, what's his name last week? Tamori and Terry. All right. <laughs> yeah, also, Thanks. if you would like us to make fun of an NFL franchise, we would be willing to do that as well. It's your time. Yeah, it's your time. You you just bought you you bought you bought the minute. I'll do I'll, I'll work with Wait, you to do what you want with it. Wait, if it's if it's a gimme franchise though, chances are we're gonna make fun of them at some point anyway, especially in the quick shot. Yeah, yeah. No, make fun of. We're trying specific. to sell advertising space. Wanna, here. Come on, Eric. Do you wanna, wait, like, wait. Do you want to give me make? Do you want to name my nickname for the week? Quick shot. I have these planned out. <laughs> I'll stash one, and you could. I'll I'll be the. What I think Eric's saying, though, is that <laughs> is that uh, don't don't say make fun of the 49ers for a minute, because I'm going to make fun of how small the logo on Kyle Shanahan's hat is anyway. Like, that's <laughs> just that's just something I'm going to do. You don't have to worry about it. All right. And, thanks to it's Andy, so Brett, Greta, James, Carrie, Lucas, Ryan, Tom, Emmanuel, Astro, Bob, Casey, Flocksmith, Foles, Jay, Karen, Leon, Michelle, Mike and Mike, Richard, Thomas, Warwolf, and uh, of course, Brandon and Nick. So, all right, and then I set up the disc, the tiers better in Patreon too. So I, we got some new people in Discord that had hadn't found the link yet. And I'm 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 learning to, going. I'm way to do learning it. and growing. It's the summer. This is the time of the year where I can actually figure stuff like that out, and I'm not in just a survival mode all the time. Okay, we took a list of the 73 greatest crime movies of all time. This is in honor of Steven Soderbergh's new movie on HBO Max. No Sudden Move. We didn't want to spoil it yet. We're going to give you guys a couple weeks to watch it before we do it for Movie Club. So watch No Sudden Move on HBO Max and then in a couple weeks it will be a Movie Club and you can uh, hear our thoughts on it. I, I, it's well known I'm a big Soderbergh fan. Right? That's a that's a thing. So His, his movies are just so easy to watch. Oh man. he I love how he's just making movies now that like um, they kind of just dunk on capitalism. Anyway, okay. So, <laughs> so he's, just, he's just like, let's get 20 great actors together and make a movie that just dunks on. Okay, anyway, 73 best crime movies of all time from Studio Binder. I took that. We took that list. We eliminated 50 movies off air. Uh, and then we all got to bring one back that was eliminated in the pre-show. And when you hear about what was eliminated in the pre-show, <laughs> you're probably going to be like, oh, man, this is a list. So, Eric, you brought back Collateral. From the dead. Why'd you bring back collateral? Give us your reasoning. Uh, collateral is we we always want to go with you know the movies that fit a certain uh, whatever we're talking about a certain genre. But what we, what we really like is what's entertaining. Collateral for me, nonstop, beginning to end. I'm I'm just enwrapped in this movie. Plus the performances are really great. Tension, man. That movie has tension. Uh, like so many people rag- in that movie too. You're like, oh, I forgot so and so was in that up. movie. All right, Kevin, you brought back City of God. Why would you bring back City of God? Uh, I brought back City of God for a variety of reasons. One is that it's a really technically good movie, like the camera work and those sorts of things. Another thing is I think it's a really compelling story. And two things I think put it over the top. Number one, this movie has great tension, and it holds the tension throughout. But number two, this movie has a ton of 
uh, child actors. And as anyone who watches a lot of movies knows, uh, that's a really mixed bag. Sometimes you have a bunch of child actors and they'll absolutely suck. In this one, they're all like, they all do a great job. It's just, it's, it's a technically excellent movie that also hits you on an emotional level. It got me in the feels good. Yeah. All right. I brought back Pulp Fiction. And if I have to really say why, uh, I mean, I just don't, I, you know, I'll do you guys a favor. I'm not going to tell you whether it was Kevin or Eric who eliminated Pulp Fiction, but that way you can just slag on both of them. Terrible choice. Okay. Um, so the other movies on this list, joining Pulp Fiction, City of God, and Collateral, Once Upon a Time in America, Scarface, L.A. Confidential, The Town, In Bruges, The Untouchables, Ronin, Reservoir Dogs, The Bad Sleep Well, Fargo, Chinatown, The Maltese Falcon, The French Connection, The Departed, The Godfather Part Two, Goodfellas, Heat, Ocean's Eleven, Usual Suspects, Snatch, True Romance, and The Sting. This is an insane list of movies, and I... I would inc- remember and we some of the eliminations were also excellent. So good. Yeah, we we so eliminated good. a lot of really good movies before we even started. This was a good list of here's the and thing. You know I'm going to undermine Nathan on this. I eliminated Pulp Fiction because there's three Tarantino writing jobs on this. And I had to use that as a tiebreaker because it was down to just really good movies. Oh my God, it, Kevin, it, I can't Kevin. believe you folded. Kevin, why did you do that? Okay. All right. I did it because. I mean, screw Travolta. All right. Anyway, okay. Uh, <laughs> so we're gonna go uh, Kevin, then me, then Eric. Okay. Oh. So Kevin, go ahead. All right. I have first elimination of a list of really good movies. That's yep. rough. I I'm gonna you to eliminate, eliminate first because the person who eliminates first, first is gonna be the the, the, the most hated. I'm so taking out the Untouchables. All right. Ah. There you go. Someone really loves the Untouchables. Go after Kevin. All right. Never stop fighting till the fighting's done, Kevin. uh i am going to go ahead and eliminate wow wow this is this is brutal this list is is so brutal i'm gonna get rid of fargo i hate you so much you guys guys took my one and two choices in opposite order Now, now, now we got to sit here for thirty minutes. Fargo, while has a a movie. Fargo has a great cast. It's a really good movie. I just like all of these other movies better. Or, or no, I don't was, have that was my deal, Gene. That was my pick, Gene. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's hard. All right, Eric, go ahead. Now you got. Now we're, we're putting you on the spot. Oh, and we did. Okay, I will say Eric's this. about to eliminate people, the oceans people might, just to screw with us. <laughs> people might ask, like, oh, why do you guys have The Godfather Part 2 and not The Godfather? We had a long discussion before the podcast started about, like, should we have both these movies on this list? Or should we just eliminate one now so that way the final five doesn't have two Godfather movies in it? So, yeah, that's what we did. All right, yeah, like anyway. Casino got eliminated because we have uh, Goodfellas. Things like that had to happen. Yeah. Because yeah. it's a tight list. Oh, so, this Eric. sucks so bad. Um... I, I someone's right someone's yelling in their car right now. They're like, "I hate Snatch." Just a le- or like there's, one of these movies. I don't know what movie. And you know what happened to that person? You like there's dogs. one like movie dogs, yeah. I really. There's one movie on here I have not seen, and I don't want to eliminate it until I have to. So yeah, I'm okay. gonna. Everything is just a, a kill for me. Uh, I feel like there's a. In hmm, Bruges is out. I'm sorry. But it's a magical place. It's like waking up in a fairy tale. (laughs) That movie is so funny. It is. The the tension, Uh, the lack of tension. Oh man, it's me again. Ah, this is the worst. Uh, Okay, fine. Everyone, bring your hate. I'm going to eliminate Heat because that climax is excellent, but that movie's very long, and not all of it is the climax. I'm going to eliminate a movie for just as dumb of a reason. This movie is very good. The acting's really good. It is excellently shot. 
Uh, it is the cinematography is so good. The story is interesting. Uh, but you know what? I don't like Roman Polanski. He's a bad person. Chinatown. <laughs> bye. <laughs> Eric. That, that's the acceptable reason to eliminate Chinatown. Go, so, go. I was telling when you uh, went to go get water, I was telling Kevin there was one movie I was really pulling for to win, and I didn't tell him what, and it was Chinatown. I yeah. I know that Roman was Polanski never going sucks, to win. But I love that movie. It's it's, it's a really good movie. As far as uh, crime movies, I think maybe it should. Uh, I'm going to take out Scarface. Very entertaining yep. movie. Very ridiculous and way <laughs> Silly. overloaded. Silly. And also, people need to realize who the villain in that movie is. Um, Pfeiffer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I put it on the T. You knock it off the T. I appreciate that. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> All right. I'm going to eliminate. Oh, this is hard. Uh, you know, I'm going to eliminate Once Upon a Time in America. Oh, that's what I was going to make. You it's a me. it's a good movie, but I think it's it's all they're all good movies. Why are we eliminating all these movies that have rated four or higher on Letterboxd? Because um, okay. all of them are <laughs> all rated four or higher on Letterboxd. Uh, okay, let's go ahead. It was either that or The Sting, and I like The Sting a lot too. It's a big heist movie. It's a great movie. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take. Uh, I'm going to take out True Romance. I like that movie. It's good. Was that your choice? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You know what that means? When you eliminate that, that means you're you're the craziest one. I'm looking at my ratings for these movies, though, as we go, and that is a four. And we got to get rid of all the fours. So go ahead. Plus, rest in peace, Tony Scott. You know, Tony Scott, pretty cool. Uh, made Top Gun, True Romance, Man on Fire. Those are those are all movies. The the remake of Taken Pelham One, Two, Three, which is uh, bad, but not as bad as people think. Okay, because <laughs> okay. it's uh, worse than the original. <laughs> I'm gonna take out Ronan. I think Ronan is a fine movie, but uh, oh, those car chases are so good. I don't really know outside of maybe uh, Bullet if there's a better car chase movie, and Bullet no, just has one scene. Not. The thing about the thing about Ronan that's cool is the way they filmed it too. I mean, I'll and the cast, dude. I mean, I love that movie, but it's going. It was going to my next elimination. So you got me back, Eric. You got me back right there. Um, okay, so then I have to eliminate here the French Connection. Cool movie. Yeah. Hackman is very good. It's got Hackman. another iconic car chase scene uh, when he's chasing the train. But I've got to eliminate here because I would rather watch these other movies. Uh, I will get rid of the the Maltese Falcon. Uh, I've also rated this uh, before. Good this book movie, too. Yes, this movie's good, and it's not super. It doesn't drag at all. Henry Bogart, so Humphrey Bogart, sorry, so good in this movie. Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm eliminating. I just it. I love that movie so much. But as Kevin said, it's a great book. The movie, it's almost like you're just you're missing just a little of the book that's what's so good about it yeah yeah you can enjoy both uh i guess it's my turn i thought it was kevin's nope oh this is hard yep i know my next elimination but we keep saying it every single time so i think we have to stop saying that at some point all right i'm actually i i'm gonna take out the bad sleep well i have not seen it and there's so many kira kurosawa's retelling of hamlet Damn, and it's whole, really it's cool. a cool revenge movie. Cool. And I, but cool. this is a very fair time I've to eliminate. Really great thing, but I just have so much more I love on this list, and I I had to do it. You like I, all the movies too much. You can't get rid of one you you uh you've never seen. You had to get you. But you know I, I had to get rid of the one. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't going to win, so it's fine. Yep. All right, uh, Kevin. Uh, collateral. Collateral. All right. Nice. Uh, good watchable movie, but again, like there's just there's a lot of bangers left on the list. 
We'll see if Eric is spiteful like you. I'm going to get rid of The Departed. Oh. Uh, because I, I like The Departed, but it is really, 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 like, on rewatch, it is really, really, really long. You have to say about that, Nathan? Uh, I'm the guy who does his job. You're the other guy. Yeah, it's 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 a four and a half. It's good. It's really good. Uh, Mark Wahlberg's the best part of that movie. That's, <laughs> Mark Wahlberg is so good in that movie. He's so, he's so amazing in this the movie. The darkest comic relief in any movie. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I'll let you fill in the rest of the line. Eric, what's next? Team like mushrooms. Um, you know, instead of being petty and eliminating something that's going to hurt Kevin, <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to eliminate something that's going to piss every single person off everywhere. I'm taking Ocean's Eleven out. Okay, that's fine. I love that movie, but uh, there's no tension. Very fun. It's so much fun. No tension. It's so watchable. Oh yeah, anytime. All right, Kevin. Uh, I'm going to eliminate another movie that I really, really like, but I think it's time for the town to get eliminated. One, wait, wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh, this is the top 10. I got to read it really quick before you do that. The Godfather, Goodfellas, LA Confidential, The Town, The Usual Suspect, Snatch, Reservoir Dogs, The Sting, Pulp Fiction, and City of God. All right. The town is gone. I love the town. That's a really good movie. uh, Maybe like the most watchable movie of all time. Uh, you could, you the thing is cool about it is you can come in at any point and be entertained. By the movie uh, that is going on, uh, let's get uh, let's get the usual suspects out of here. Um, I like it; it's a good movie. Oh, one of the all-time Benicio Benicio, Benicio del Toro is the best part of that movie. Yes, shut up, butterfly. Uh, say, <laughs> you say say the line. <laughs> I didn't say the line. So you do Bassett. <laughs> Eric, um, I'm Give going. Give me the money. Uh, I think. Jeez, uh, jeez, jeez, jeez. I'm gonna, I'm gonna piss so many people off. So many being you two. Uh, the Sting, it's out. Sorry, right. this is a, this is time. That's a really okay. good movie. It is a really good movie, but I just I don't see these it are like the these are like ten of these. When we got it down to ten, it was like ten movies that if you asked me to watch them, I would say yes. So it's, it's not like a there's not a bad movie on here. Uh, so you're fine, Eric. You, you can't make really a wrong choice with who's going to win this. Just to yeah, it's just it's less frustrating. less right. Okay, Kevin, what what you got? Um. Okay. Before you do this, can I stump for Pulp Fiction over Reservoir? <laughs> wow! Can, can I just have like like five seconds? Okay, I have like, please explain like... to me why Pulp Fiction is more of a crime movie than Reservoir Dogs. That's not what I'm going to say. That's not what I'm saying. I just think Pulp Fiction is a better movie than Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs is cool in like a in like a uh, like a how compact it is and everything that's going on. But Pulp Fiction is just a, a superior. And Pulp Fiction movie. has more crime in it because it's different crimes. So yeah, more there's crime. lots of different crimes. There's there's so many crimes. Uh, <laughs> like sodomy. <laughs> yes. Such uh, a wide variety of Kevin, crimes. Great I, building a case for that movie. I set it up on the tee and Kevin knocks it out of the park. <laughs> um. Dude, I hate having to okay. do an elimination. Is here. it is it is it really because is, is do you really want to eliminate Pulp Fiction first because it's unrealistic how little traffic there is in Los Angeles? <laughs> Sorry, just lay up lay up joke. I had to take it. More yeah, that's the valley that's the knows than there is in the entirety of This is a tasty burger. <laughs> Big Kahuna burger. Have you ever um, had the Travis Scott burger? I'm eliminating Pulp Fiction. I, I knew you would. Your guts. 
Okay. Uh, all right. I'll get Residia. Just for now. Go ahead for you, Eric. All oh, right. wow. All right. Eric, he eliminated both of our movies. He is he, Kevin is the true villain of the podcast, as always. This right. is, I think I now that. this is eliminating a movie that I don't want, like I want other ones to win. The Goodfellas. We got Godfa- Top 5, Godfather, Goodfellas, Com- LA Godfather Confidential. Part 2. Oh, yeah, part you, 2, sorry. Snatch and Reservoir Dogs. Do we all agree Godfather Part Two is better than Godfather Part One? Yes. I, I kind of made I kind of made that choice for everyone when I, I was the one who said we should get rid of the Godfather right here. But I it's just like one of few sure few it. sequels that trumps the original. I agree. I think that Empire. All right, you know what? I'm gonna be. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm gonna do this. Uh, Snatch is great. <laughs> Snatch, it's time to go. Okay. Oh, I know that hurt. I would have been fine with Snatch as the winner. All right, Kevin, you're up. <laughs> Kevin, this is your last elimination. You got to pick something you basically just don't want to see win. You got which one do you want to see win the least? Reservoir Dogs. All right, bye bye Reservoir Dogs. Kevin's taking a hard stance on feet. This is tough for me because I actually don't. I actually want one of these movies to win a lot more than the other two, and I'm trying to get in Eric's brain and figure out. Because if Reservoir Dogs was there, it would have been easy for me. I'm trying to get in Eric's brain and think. That might have been why I did that. If why, what, how do I, how do I get in Eric's brain and get him to make the choice I want him to make? Oh, I figured I knew what you're going to eliminate here. Um, because it is, it is really tough. And the thing about this is like back in the day when I was, when I was a younger, a younger Nathan, I would tell people like, oh, the Godfather's kind of over it. It's just long and like really boring. And I rewatched it like two years ago and now it's wrong. <laughs> this is so anti-nathan that we have three movies that are over two and a half hours long well no la confidential is not over two and a half hours long uh just under two and a half oh is it like it's like 220 it's it's 138 minutes uh 218 yeah (laughs) it's under 220 club i am going to get rid of goodfellas all right Eric, spider, you stuttering prick! I cannot believe you did that. I'm all right, spider. You're not all right, spider. Just um, get rid of LA Confidential. So the guy. I'm going was. to, but I thought yes. you were going to get rid of LA Confidential. <laughs> LA Confidential like, is great. I love it. It should not win. Uh, I just feel like it, the bottom two were. So you would have wanted Goodfellas to win. I don't know. That would have been a really hard decision. Well, let's but talk the fact about that it, you I, basically I eliminated... gave me you you basically just gave me a slam dunk. Okay, good. I, that's it's what like, I wanted to do. Is it is it the <laughs> best ice cream you've ever had or Neapolitan? Choose. Well, you got to slice it so that the flavors stay separate. It's better that way. <laughs> I repeat, <Okay>. choose. <laughs> uh, Kevin, ta- tell us why the Godfather Part Two is so great. Yeah, Kevin, I'm not the one who picked it. Why? Well, no, because it's Kevin's last choice. La- like it, it falls to Kevin. That's how we did it. Oh, falls to me. It why would it fall to me? me? It felt to me last why time. Not? With the, why with the not? Batmans. Yeah, just, just okay. Go. Why is the Godfather Part Two great? Number one, the cast. That is a epic cast that were all in the prime of their careers. I think that's something that cannot be undersold in this. Um, Robert Duvall, so so Diane Keaton, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, De Niro Pichero, James Caan. Like, there's just Cannes. so Sofia Coppola. No, I'm just kidding. Child, child, boo, boo. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> dude, you threw me with that one. I, so, okay. So, not only do you have uh, also uh, John Cazaley, 
uh, who played Frito, who um, unfortunately did not have as long of a career due to uh, uh, lung cancer and passing away in 78. Um, dude, this dude was in the two Godfather movies, The Conversation, Dog Day Afternoon, and The Deer Hunter. Guy's crazy good actor. Uh, this is Francis Ford Coppola at his best. This is excellent cinematography. Um, this is a very long movie that uses... Uh, it's 202 minutes, and it, it feels like a longer movie, because it is. But the way that they use, they break it up by having the flashback scenes um, going from the 1910s to the 1950s, and the way that they use what was happening with Vito establishing the family um, in order to explain what's going on with Michael uh, kind of broke up the storytelling and made it uh, A, more digestible, but also um, a lot more fun to watch. And so you kind of got to see as things were being built while things might have been grumbling down at the same time. And that was just a, a really cool way to bring two stories together to tell them both better than each individual story would have been told. Yeah, I was going to say the fact that this is like two movies in one and still works. Like a lot of times when you like try to do two full narratives like that, like one of them suffers, yeah. you know, or, or part of the movie suffers. And the, the, the whole just story of like, you know, Michael attempting to expand the family business and like the I don't know it's just it's it's really good it's a really good um and then how it changes the dynamic of the family you know just that I don't know I just think it's a it's just like um American cinema peaked in 1974 whatever like when this movie came out that was, I don't <laughs> think it'll ever be an um, American film is gonna have a hard time topping that so there you go anything anything else before we head home Francis Ford Coppola peaked with this movie Oh yeah, definitely all down, way downhill. I don't understand. Isn't how, it funny? That's why I had to point it out. I, I don't understand. Roller like, coaster. Okay, because well, the third movie is is just bad, it's, straight up. Like it's, you went it, from Godfather two to Godfather three. Uh, but then we have like the Outsiders happened after that, and, and Jack. I, I guess and, it apoc- did. and Apocalypse now. And, and Jack. Let's not bring. <laughs> Let's not bring up Apocalypse. Not a big, now. not a not a big Rumblefish fan. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> not, don't forget Dracula. No, but Apoc- let's Rumble- forget Dracula. <laughs> Rumb- what, what about Rumblefish, though? I just wanted Wait, to bring you, up. What do you like better about Rumblefish? <laughs> Mickey, <laughs> Mickey Rourke or Matt Dillon? Which part's your favorite? Have you seen Rumblefish? Uh, Mickey. Uh, it's actually I, not. That, it's actually not that bad. No, it's. <laughs> it's pretty. Dude, it's pretty I, I was not joking that that was a good movie. I brought up uh, the conversation oh. too. Oh, Mickey okay. Rourke. I think that movie is incomplete in some ways. I, I brought up the conversation in Rumblefish and the Outsiders so that I could then say Jack, and that was the joke yes. comment. I think my favorite. Right I think my favorite thing about the Outsiders is Tom Cruise and cut off sleeves. Anyway, for for Kevin, for Eric, we will see you guys next week. Go Hawks. 